Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy Soso, in case you ain't know so. And welcome back to another episode of Sports with Soso. Be sure to follow and show some love on Instagram at Sports with Soso Podcast. And you can always download and listen to all of the episodes at sportswithsoso.com. Today, I got my boy Joel with me, and he and I will be discussing the Dolphins winning Tua's first career start, as well as a candidate for knockout of the year, courtesy of Gervonta Davis against Leo Santa Cruz. As well as follow up on Uriah Hall's fight versus Anderson Silva this past weekend and more. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, big dog? Yo, what's good, killer? We're doing good, bro. Damn, what a win. Shit. Uh, got a Dolphins mixed win. Mixed feelings. Mixed feelings, but we got a Dolphins yeah. win. Tools first start. Defense looked good. Now, were we lacking? Hell yeah, we were lacking. Yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, first play. Let's get it out let's the way. Let's get right, right into it. Let's, let's get, get right, right into, into it. it because I know a lot of people are going to be talking about it and have been talking about it. I even saw a stupid article by Mike Lombardi today um, where he said that the Dolphins have to be thinking about getting a draft pick with uh, the next upcoming draft because two, it's not it. Now, a lot of people are saying that or f- have those mixed feelings except for hardcore Dolphin fans, right? Because of how two would look. And to me, he would have looked way better given certain circumstances, right? This is the first one I'm going to get into. He had the rookie mistake, right? First play of the game, try, and waited too late to get rid of the ball. By the time he thought about it, they were already about to pin his ass to the floor. He got blown up. He got blown up, fumble, strip sack by, obviously, Aaron <laughs> Donaldson. Yeah, you know? we talked about no, that. And we talked about him being there and rushing to his side. And we saw it on the first play. And again, Aaron Donald had a hell of a day against the Dolphins. See, I think he had two and a half sacks. It was ridiculous. But my point is, once Tua got that out the way, I felt like he got way more comfortable with making throws and making decisions, right? And we saw it because he put some passes on, on the spot, right? And he also has some a couple of balls where he didn't throw as well. But overall, you can see his confidence improving as the game went on, right? right. Now, that was the first circumstance, right? You, you, you saw you wanted to see him get confident in the game. Second circumstance, right, was did he have to sling it? Would we be throwing the ball because we're behind due to the high-power offense that the Rams have? Fortunately for him, the Dolphins' defense and special teams stepped up and actually got a touchdown on either side, right? Special teams had the punt return by Grant. Yep. Defensively, we had the we hit, we hit golf a couple of times. We picked him off a couple we of times. We had the fumble return. And we had the, the fumble return for a touchdown, which really sealed the game, right? Because we we put the Rams in a tough spot to try to score some points, and we us being comfortable ahead, and we can run the ball, hand it off 20, 30, 40, 50 times, right? Which was kind of the game plan. I'm pretty sure in Brian Flores' plan, once he said, "All right, if we're up in this game, we're gonna." back off a little bit on the offense and just cruise into this victory and let our defense take care of what it did. That was the circumstance. The defense and the special teams did exactly what Tua needed them, right, to support him. Right. Do something. Make stops. Um, get, pressure the quarterback. Capitalize on mistakes. Those type of things the defense and the special teams provided. The third circumstance of why I, I didn't think we saw the greatest of Tua was the drop passes. There was too many drop passes. I'm glad you. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was that was gonna be one thing that I led with. You know, I did see Tua 
improving throughout the game, you know, as the game went on. But right. there was way too many drop passes. He was 12 for 22 with 93 yards on the day, which, you know, 22 attempts is, is not a whole lot, which is what we kind of thought was going to happen in the first game. They were going to, Golf threw know, for 350-something y- yards. Dude. Yeah, by comparison. It, it was, it was you know, we had 18 carries on the ground with, with Gaskin. Um, and, yeah, man, it just it, – we had a bunch of drop passes. I know Preston Williams dropped a few easy ones that – You know, what please. I was looking out on that was the pass by Tua. How did that pass look? And they look good. You know, his mechanics are there. So, I was at least happy with that. But, uh, yeah, he did get blown up to start the game. You know, he, we didn't see any big bang-bang plays. You know, I don't know if that was just the fact that play calling was trying to, you know, trying to – play timid for his first game and not get him blown up there's no doubt about that there's no doubt about that because again i don't think that flores wanted to open the playbook completely right hey bro we're gonna give you 25 to 40 percent of the of the playbook see what you can do with it let's see how the game goes and again he threw the ball accurately it doesn't it doesn't show on the on the stats because The guys dropped the ball maybe he overthrew uh he overthrew wills williams on one pass trying to hit him in the end zone in the first quarter, okay, it's going to happen. But as the time went on, again, you saw him make comfortable throws. And it's not like we were attacking these guys downfield. We knew we were up, and we were going to try to kill clock. I know that for certain. So next week against the Cardinals, I don't expect to see the same tool, right? We're going to see tool throw the ball a little bit more, right? More than 22 times, obviously. But I think that we're going to see him explore the field a little bit more, right? Make throws to the outside shoulder, a 25-yard throw, try a deep ball three times a game. We're going to see that. You know, we're definitely going to see that next week against the Cardinals. Well, we're going to need to see that because we're not going to get away with what we just got away with this week. You know, granted, we had the defensive touchdown. We had the punt return that that really kept us up there. We had a a rushing touchdown by by Grant. We can't forget to mention Tua threw his first NFL touchdown as well. To my boy Uh, Parker. To my my dog, Devontae Parker, who (laughs) didn't have anything else but that catch. I can tell you that because I have him on fantasy, and it was heartbreaking (laughs) to see him with 7.3 points. But that's neither here nor there. But what I – what I was getting at is with the Cardinals next week, you know, one thing we're going to have to do better than we're going to have to do better than eight first downs. Yeah, that was weak, bro. That was weak. Again, that's that's J- part just of just to offense. put it in perspective for you. So, so 31, 31 first downs by the Rams. Yeah, 31. Their offense was moving. Granted, they lost the game, but their offense was moving. Jared Goff, like you said, threw for over 300 yards. Bro, Cooper, there was Cooper Cup. 11 catches over 110 yards. Yep. There were plenty of game uh, plays throughout that game where. On third and six, you can see Tua thinking about throwing the first yard, the first down play, right, to the guy who's running that 10, 15-yard route, but deciding, now nah, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to play it safe. And I get it. It's his first start. He doesn't want to make mistakes knowing that he's ahead in the game. Right. This isn't college football anymore where you can put up 50-something points on any team. that Run up the score. And run up the score. No need for that. It doesn't work like that. It, no, it just doesn't work like that. You know what I'm saying? Rare are the times that a regular offense like ours, right, because right? it's just a regular offense, is going to go out there and blow somebody out the water. Now, you tell me the Chiefs, you tell me the Packers, you tell me teams like that where they have certified offenses, then, yes, I can see them running it up on a team. But we're not in a position to do that. You know, we're not in a position to do that. So, again, I, I think a lot of that frustration from the fans or the lack of seeing the stats show out, right, could be kind of dismaying, right, kind of like bring you down a little bit. But I don't care because, A, most rookies don't win their first games, regardless of whether they play well or not, right? right. So. 
he he's got a winning mentality from the get-go because he's like, all right, I didn't play my best, but I can definitely play better and I can definitely improve, right? right? And these are the areas that I'm going to improve in and, and do it week by week. He's he's in there now at least for one full game where he's experienced game speed and he's right. got to get the, the feel for the defense. And what better defense than you know, the Rams, you know, and, and Aaron Donald coming right down his face. And that was a good thing, too, to see the fact that he bounced back after that. You know, matchup, he, he right? didn't, you know, just fall down in the pocket, you know, after that. He kept, you know, he kept looking to make plays. When we reviewed his last the, – the three games that were on the deck – for the Dolphins, right? We saw the Rams on the schedule. We saw the Cardinals and we saw the Chargers, right? Rams had the best defense, without a doubt. Arizona defense, not as good. We can't sleep on Arizona's defense. No, no, it's not to sleep on them, but it's not nowhere near the level of the Rams, right? They don't have those monsters like the Rams have. Right. Okay, they have really good players, but right. no monsters, right? On the line. Chargers defense, meh. They're not really, they're middle of the pack, right? They're right. not like us. Dolphins they always have give us trouble. Don't be fooled. Yeah, Chargers they give us trouble. Give us trouble. But, but, but again, they're not a, a, a defense that you're like, damn, I got to be scared of these guys shutting my best players down. Right. Right? Can they play well? Absolutely. Uh, but they don't, they're don't. they not doing what a defense like the Dolphins is doing. We're number one right now in points allowed. Third lowest in third down conversion at 33%. We have nine sacks on the season, 11 picks, only throughout seven games. And now we got our, a defensive touchdown. Our, and we got a defensive touchdown. Our defense is a defense that you look at and you're like, damn, they can slow down anybody and right. they can definitely stop people. We're the only team that allowed Seattle to put up less than 22 points. We're the only team. They put up 21 points or 22 points on us, and that was it. Yeah, and they're an offensive scoring and, and powerhouse. They, we saw last night in their game, they score at will because mm -hmm. they have that talent on the outside. They have that talent at quarterback, so that's an offense. Yeah, they that got can a run, run game. Up. They got a great line. They got they got all they can run all it boxes up. checked off. And that our offense. defense kept those guys in check. Right. So I'm not scared of. Uh, I could put my defense up against any team. Right. The other team that we're facing, they can't really say that against us because we've already faced possibly our hardest matchups defensively. Right. You know what I mean? We got those out of the way. We're gonna play the Patriots. We're gonna play the Jets again. We're gonna play the Bills again. All winnable games at this point. Right. Right? Because the AFC is kind of wide open. I mean, yeah. You, the, the Granted, Bills, the Bills, the Bills have, beat the low. Patriots this past weekend in a, in a close game. So now the, the, the Pats dropped down to two and five. I mean, they're, they're pretty much out of it, I guess. I, I mean, we've counted them out before, and they, they've done miracles. But I don't know. I really don't think they got it this year. The Bills do move to six and two. So now we're, I guess, a game and a half behind they're the, the Bills. They're the best team in the division, for sure. So we got to play them. We still got to play them, and we, and we can't even talk about the Jets. The Jets are irrelevant at this point. But they're, you know, the, the the Bills are the guys that we got to go after. Absolutely, they're the target, right? Because right now they're undefeated in the division, right? They beat us, they beat the Jets twice, and they beat the Patriots just now, right? So obviously we know that that's our target. That's our target. The Bills are our target. They're ahead of the pack, but we we're not too far off no, we're from not. them, right? We're a couple of bad games away from close to having the same record, okay? Granted, we played one game less, so we, we, we got to see how that ends up working out, right? They're 6-2, and two, we're 4-7. and seven. Um, In my opinion, if, if the Dolphins continue to progress as a team, again, we talked about their offense improving, right? The offensive line really doing their, their thing. The defense is running on all cylinders. Right. So we have that in play. If we can get Tua to continue to progress like the rest of the team is progressing, right. then there's no doubt in my mind that we can challenge for a playoff spot. Oh, absolutely. I right? think we can. 
I think we can definitely challenge for a playoff spot, which is important, you know, because to to see the Dolphins back in that type of contention is what all fans want, right? And we want to be in the position where the team is good, we see the improvement year to year, and we're making the most of our assets, especially Tua. So I was happy and to building see building off of it, you know, like you, you like you said last episode, you know, we we talked about if we don't, you know, make the playoff run this year, at least we get the guys playing together, get some yep. chemistry so that we know what we need to go after next year when we do have some good picks. Absolutely. And go ahead and and you know, we're building off of ourselves year after year, not just, all right, win it all, do or die this year, and then restart from zero next year. Like, no, we're just going to be building off for years to come now, hopefully. I'm with you. You know, and that, and, and again, I think that's what the Dolphins organization had planned out from the get-go when they made the tool pick, right? They made that, uh, that, they made that pick and said, all right, this is how we're going to move forward. So, again, we give Tua a taste of that chase. Hey, this is what it takes to get to the playoffs and, and hang that, quote-unquote, carrot, on the stick right in front of him and say, yo, this is what you got to do. Get our team to the playoffs. That's, again, only going to make him get better, hungrier, learn more, uh, be better on yeah, the field. And, and Tua is not the type of competitor that's going to be happy with this win. I mean, he's going to he's gonna be happy his team got the win, you know, the, the, he, that the defense and the special teams did what they needed to do to get a team win. But he's not going to be happy with his performance. I'm no, sure that guy no. is grinding right now no. to, to, to come out with a better performance with uh, an opponent, and, you know, and, and another quarterback that's – I mean, somebody that he can no, possibly look to, to 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 emulate. You know what I mean? Or and be Kyler better Murray. than, or be better than, right? right? Like I, I'm I'm being compared to guys like him, so I got to come out and ball. Exactly. This is this the is game to do I'm it right now. This is perfect to do it right now in right? this type of game. And this is the game to do it. And again, he's gonna get that t that opportunity time and time again. He's gonna face Herbert in two weeks. He's still got to play the Bills and their quarterback and Josh Allen, who's having a really good year. So he two is gonna get the opportunity, and and I think he's gonna put on. Better performances as he goes, you know? No doubt. And, sp and speaking of performances, man, what a performance by Javante Davis this past weekend against Leo Santa Cruz. Hell of a knockout. Dude, Hell of one a of the nastiest man. knockouts I've seen in a long time. I had to watch it back a couple times. It was that fast. It, it hurt me to hear it. Yeah. Right? Because it was so quick. It was so devastating. You could tell that he was looking for it throughout the fight. My boy pointed out to me and was like, yo, if you look back at his, his recent knockouts, he's always looking for the uppercut because he knows how much power he can generate. Mm -hmm. And I kind of believed him, you know, but I was like, hey, you know, but maybe he's not fighting the, the, the caliber of fighters that he should be fighting. Right. So when he took this fight against Leo Santa Cruz, I was very intrigued because Leo Santa Cruz ain't no chump. This guy's a real champion. You I know, mean, he was, he's, what, 37 and one going into that fight? You heard me. And <laughs> not only that, a four division champ. So he's won four different belts in four different divisions, which is things that only the greats in boxing try to right, achieve. Exactly. The Canelos, the Chavez, the Trinidad's, you know. I'm trying to get all the belts, you know, as many as I can. And, and as many, Roy Jones, who we got coming up against Tyson. Mike Tyson later this you know, month. You know, that's another guy who went that's and got be belts. That's interesting match right there. So anybody, any boxer that, for me, is like trying to cement their legacy, not just be a great champion, but be a all-time great like boxer, right? Like a real boxer and say, yo, I went against everybody and anyone who was even close to my weight and I won and I took their belts. So I, I had a lot of, res I still have a lot of respect for Santa Cruz, but it was interesting when I saw that they were going to fight and I didn't think that Davis was, what's the word I'm looking for here? Dedicated enough, right? To fight. his craft for this fight. But I think having Floyd Mayweather as his promoter and like a mentor now and 
pretty much damn his part-time coach the way he was coaching him during the fight on the sideline and literally while the guy's boxing he's yelling out commands yo throw the throw the hook duck and cover or to see his one two and encounter you can tell that floyd is really investing a lot of himself into Davis, and that's only gonna make Davis. It's gonna make him a better boxer, even better, dude. Yeah. This was the Throw first a time on him for sure. First time Davis makes weight in the first shot in like the last three, four fights. So you could tell that he was like, man, he's I, not disciplined. I, I'm not 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 only was I not disciplined. Now I'm with again the greatest boxer of all time, arguably right in Mayweather, having my back, throwing his money into my bank account. To us make money together to put me on, I definitely got to listen to what this guy's saying. Right. And it showed in his work and his dedication. Came in and wait. Didn't have to play around and cut weight day of and none of that. Came in ready to fight. Looked great, right? Looked physically great. Stood in the pocket with Leo Santa Cruz, which again, Mexican fighters are known for staying in the box and throwing haymakers and t- giving punches standing to take ground. punches. Yeah. You know, standing there. They're ready ground. to exchange. And Davis did not shy away from that from that fight, which was again really impressive to see. And if not only for him to hang in there, but finish Cruz, Santa the way Cruz that like he that, did. the way that he did, man, that was devastating. No, it, it was, was impressive. Beautiful, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful knockout. Uh, so he got a six round knockout and, and got to improve to twenty four and zero. Yeah. So that's I mean that's a very impressive twenty four and zero. Hell of right a resume. Now. Hell of a right? resume. And now right he now. has some belts. And and like we said when we covered the Lomachenko fight. That division has nothing but great boxers in it, right? You got Teofimo Lopez, right? You got Lomachenko. You got Ryan Garcia, who's a young stud. I can't King wait to Ryan. see that kid. Kid's going to be a stud, bro. Kid is going to be a stud. He's already 20-0. and 0, Going to fight Luke Campbell September 5th, who's 20-3, and 3, who has had some big fight experience. So we know that that talent pool is definitely of quality. Yeah. There's also Devin Haney who's fighting this Saturday. <laughs> Pretty funny at the Hard Rock against the oh, Cuban no Gamboa. Um Devin Haney's 24 and no, he has 15 knockouts. What's Gamboa's record? I don't have Gamboa's record in front of me, but I know that again, he has a lot of big fight experience. He's also won a lot of times. He's won titles. Um Yeah, I know he's been around for a while. He's, been he's, been a, he's a an while. active so veteran. That's a good challenge for upcoming stud like Devin Haney. Yeah. And at any point in this next couple of months or even in this next year in 2021 we'll we'll see those guys fight each other which will big will be big pay-per-view fights which will interest not only real boxing fans like myself but even though not so boxing fan like you yeah to go and pay for a pay-per-view if you're watching two guys who are both 25 and 0 and both of these guys have two belts or three belts knockout artist man that's what somebody like me wants to watch so you're gonna see guys fighting i'll be looking out for davis's next few fights that's for sure absolutely right and even king ryan you know we're, we're very interested in him and he's gonna be fighting pretty soon september uh december 5th and we got the fight this saturday with Gamboa and Devin Haney. So boxing is definitely going to be putting on fights that provide knockouts, you know, kind of like not a, a same caliber, but kind of like the knockout that we saw between Uriah Hall and Anderson Silva this past weekend. We both predicted that Hall would probably win that fight. We spoke yeah. about it. Um, we kind of knew that Silva was over the hump and he really yeah. didn't deserve to be there too much. But he's a young, he's a legend. And I guess the UFC wanted to do right by him and give him his last fight. Fortunately, unfortunately for him, and he lost by knockout. 
Uriah Hall definitely showed a lot of emotion winning the fight because Silva's one of his idols, as a lot of people who are in the MMA. And, and I, I, I honestly, I think that's the only reason why the fight lasted four rounds because I think if had he gone in there with a different mentality, you know, this isn't, I don't care about this guy or anything right. he's done, that fight would have been over probably first round. Absolutely. Uriah Hall's a big dude. He's a knockout artist. He loves to go in there and brawl and throw haymakers. I don't think that he wanted to hurt Silva, so it definitely took him a while to be like, yo, I got to get rid of this guy. Yeah. And in the fourth round, he saw his chance. He took it, finished Silva with a big right hand. And it was, again, sad to see Silva lose like that because of who we know he is, right, and how great of a champion he has been and an ambassador for the sport. But I am happy that he walked away from the sport because he kind of realized it at that point. Like, I got nothing more to offer. These guys are are out beating me, out pointing me, beating me in all aspects. Yeah. So it was nice to see him retire and leave on a good note, right? Because he could have been completely knocked out. Like you said, Hall could have gone in there looking for blood and knocked his head off and really probably could have hurt. It could have got ugly. It could have got ugly, and, and thankfully it didn't get ugly. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for everything you did, Spider. We're going to miss you, man, but hell of a career. Hell of a career, and, and I think he made the right choice on definitely quitting at the right time. Um, I think we covered all the sports. Well, that we I, to I know that uh, it's but, over now. Yep. But now that it's, but it's over. But my favorite time to talk about it is when it's over. Right. Baseball's over. Baseball's over. Thankfully, we can not talk about it anymore because I, <laughs> Marlins were beat out of it a long while ago. But shout out to L.A. Um, my Kershaw man, finally Kershaw, did it, man. Your boy. My boy Kershaw, you know, which is not really my boy. But, I, again, I just wanted to see him win because I know how good of a pitcher he is and how much crap he was being given by, like, all the fans in L.A. Like, they love him when he's great, and they love to hate him. So it was really nice to see him do his thing, be a really good pitcher, ace of the staff, get a ring. Um, the one thing that did bother me, though, a little bit as a Red Sox fan, yes, I am a Red Sox fan and a Marlins fan. It can happen, okay? Ask around. Um, the one thing that bothered me was I wasn't expecting Mookie Betts to be the best player on that Dodgers team. And, God damn it, he showed why he's Hell one of, an of the impact best players. In that locker room, on the field. I mean, he, he's a playmaker, but at the same time, he's a leader in that locker room. He brought that championship level of baseball mentality. Love and mentality. Yeah. And I saw it firsthand in Boston, and we knew he was great. Uh, he didn't want to be there anymore for any of the reasons that he had, which were legit. He went to the Dodgers, and me personally, I didn't think that he was going to do not as good, but I didn't think that he was going to be the no, the guy for the Dodgers in that lineup because they have a lot of good players in that lineup. But as soon as he got there and as soon as the World Series started, you could tell that he was the leader and a lot of the guys follow his lead. And it worked out for them because he, he had a hell of a freaking series. I think he won MVP. He was really instrumental to how that team won, right? Five-star, five-tool player. He can run, hit, catch, do all these things that is needed in baseball and not too many guys do anymore. But it was nice to see him win. Sucked that he won in another uniform for me. Yeah, but it is what it is, man. I mean, congrats to the Dodgers. Now LA has two championships in two different sports. Uh, I'm just glad that the Dolphins were able to put a stop to the Los Angeles Rams. To the Rams. winning streak. Yeah, to their to their playoff and uh, championship hope. So yeah, bro, I'm going to win another damn championship in LA this year. 
And for the next couple of years. <laughs> for the shit. next couple of years. Because honestly, you brought it up. I'm going to dwell on it some more. The Heat are in a position where they're going to do great things. We saw how far they went with a limited roster. That roster is only going to get better. Oh, yeah. The players are only going to get better. So we're probably going to end up talking pretty soon about where their offseason is heading. We see the Dolphins' future developing now you know, in front of our very eyes, right? Because we have our man in place and we see the team gelling together and all the aspects of the team getting better. So their future is definitely getting brighter by the day. We also have the Marlins who their future is getting brighter. They made the playoffs. Derek Jeter's plans Derek are coming Jeter's, to fruition. For as much as people hated on him and thought that he was going to come Selling away the whole team. The, and sell giving the away team and, and do whack stuff and really piss off the fans. Now the, the, the results are starting to show a little bit. We have a lot of good young players that we're hoping to keep and and develop and make the team better from within and then, you know, add on any other piece that we may need. But that team seems to be trending in the right direction. The Hurricanes seem to be trending in the right direction. So if you're a Miami sports fan and you love baseball, football, basketball, um, you know, baseball, uh, you're, you're watching all these sports and, and you're really happy with – the way your hometown teams are, are doing business and setting the bar for what we want as fans, which is winning. You know, at the end of the day, we love our teams win or lose, but we prefer to see them win. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And, and it's great to see that right now. And for me, it's really awesome because it gives me this outlet where I can share that passion for sports and all Miami teams. And I know you're very passionate about sports. Oh, yeah. I don't have to cry myself to sleep as much anymore. We don't have to lose to the Jets anymore. You know what I mean? So it's it's stuff like that. It's little things like that, you know, that makes it better to be a a sports fan and and see people buy into the culture. You know, the Miami Heat have that Heat culture. You're starting to see other teams in Miami develop that that Miami culture. And it's really going to be interesting to see how it works out. Before we walk away from the episode, man, I wanted to ask you, I know you're a big golf enthusiast, uh, enthusiast um, person, and I wanted to ask you what you think about the Masters coming up, because me, I'm a big time Tiger Woods fan, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all, <laughs> and a Mickelson fan, you know, I like the big lefty, lefty. And the big lefty, and I, I want to see those guys try to make it interesting enough for me to keep the avid fan, not the avid fan, but like the casual fan interested in the Masters. I want to see what your take is on this weekend. So golf is at an all-time high right now, in my opinion. I think okay. golf is, is gaining more and more popularity. There's more and more people out there playing it. So, you know, I think, you know, this Masters, especially Tiger Woods, the defending champion, uh, is going to bring a lot of eyes to this Masters. You know, not to mention it was supposed to be back in April and they've pushed it back to November due to the pandemic. Yep. So this is the first time the Masters is being played, you know, at Augusta in the fall, which is going to be interesting for the landscape, for the environment, you know, how hard the greens are going to be, how firm they are, how firm the fairways are going to be, you know, how far the the ball is going to be able to fly in the, the thinner, crisper air. Um, there's one guy that's the outright favorite right now by the name of Bryson DeChambeau. Yep, the big uh, he's a he's a big goofball. He's a he's a golf nerd. He's a <laughs> I, I mean I don't know how, how else to put it. He's a mad scientist on the golf course, uh, always tweaking his game. But right now the, the the biggest stride and improvement he's made in his game is he's able to hit the ball farther than anybody else in the game right now. Yeah. So much so to the point where there's even conversation and speculation around them possibly dialing back the ball or trying to extend golf courses and make them longer just because of how far this guy's hitting the ball. Well, I read that the other day, and I'm glad you brought it up because to me, that's whack. That really takes away from him and all that he's done to work on his game in order to improve and be different, right? Because 
yeah, there's a million guys that could be on the PGA Tour, right? But not everybody makes it. How do you make it? Well, you got to do certain things good, and you have to do certain things different. And those things that are different, you have to be really good at in order to be effective and to win. We've seen him do so. So when I read that, I was like, damn, golf is going to change the rules because one guy is out there trying to change things? Like, isn't that the same shit that was happening when Tiger Woods was dominating and people complaining about, well, he has this drive and his woods are different or Nike's only giving him special dents or alloys. And it's like, okay, you guys are just making things up because nobody is as good. He went out there and did something good. different. And he went out there and did something different and people weren't accustomed to that, especially in golf, right? A lot of traditions and a yeah, lot of Yeah, it's like, a very elitist, you know, traditionalist sport yeah. uh, in game, you know, and, and you know, sometimes whenever you do go outside the box and outside the norm, that's when norm, people normally give you the stink guy. But it's a hell of a packed field. Uh, yep. You know, you got um, you got Colin Marikawa, who won a major earlier this year. You have uh, Bryson, who's a defending uh, U.S. Open champion. He's the favorite. Uh, he's the favorite right now. But you also got Dustin Johnson. You got Rory McIlroy. You got Bubba Watson, who's a two-time Masters winner. Uh, Tiger Woods, who's defending, you know, Masters champion. I mean, you got a ton of guys in the field right now that can that can definitely walk away with and it. And a lot of those guys have won big tournaments, so they know what it takes. They know what what the mentality battle is going to be in order to to come out on top and really dominate that. Not necessarily that day, but maybe you dominate a round, right? And you give yourself some breathing room and you pick up two, three strokes on somebody or whoever's right behind you. Like something you pointed out earlier, the conditions. Since the fact that it's going to be in November, the ground's going to be colder. The greens are going to be a little bit tougher. Uh, the fairway may not be so nice, right? Might have a harder surface for the ball to roll on. The air itself, like you mentioned, it's going to be difficult for those guys to navigate that. And that's why I think them changing the rules is kind of whack because you got to let nature do its thing. That's a, that's a game that is played in nature and against all the elements. When you try to change the balls, the golf club size, the this, the that, you're kind of taking away. Yeah, from you're the taking game. away from what's important in the you're game. You're taking away from what's important. Getting that's the, the ball in the hole. That's it, <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter how far you can hit it. At the end of the day, they all got to hit it in the hole. And whoever does it sooner and quicker is usually the guy that ends up winning. So. Yep. And, the, the, and, 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 and specifically in the Masters, right, we've seen the Masters won on putting greens in the 17th hole, 16th hole, and, of course, the 18th hole one time with Tiger, which was that famous picture or whatever. Mm -hmm. But most of the times that course is decided on the green putting green itself, not necessarily on the fairway. So let's see what happens. Yeah, there. man, I'm definitely excited. Next week, uh, starting Thursday. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting, bro. But we did another one. Yes, sir. Episode down. For everybody who tuned in, thank you. Keep listening and downloading the episodes at Sports with So So Podcast on Instagram. And you can download the episodes at sportswithsoso.com. Catch us next week. Peace. Peace.